All righty, guys. Welcome to Blue Boys SC. We are guys live here from the game. STLFC is taking on Sporting Kansas City 2. I got two of my buddies here with me, John Ems and Jonathan Riley. Welcome, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me back. No problem. We're excited. Uh, Will was unable to make it here today. So, we're glad to have you guys join us. Sure, yeah, it looks yeah. like it's starting to be a good setup for a good game tonight. Yeah, so, I got one little thing I gotta say here. Uh, Ems, this is your uh, first STLFC game, right? Uh, it is, yes. It's my uh, first STLFC game and actually my second ever professional football game. The first one being uh, Real Madrid and... Inter Milan came to uh, to St. Louis for a friendly at the Edward Jones Dome. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, that was that was a bit ago. This is going to be a totally different experience here in the COVID world. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the stadium is packed with nobody and uh, <laughs> possibly family members and coaches. So uh, the pandemic. Uh, Awesome. Well, Jonathan Riley, do you see? Uh, it looks like they made a couple of changes here. Yeah, uh, I was looking at it. We were kind of pointing out we only see three backs uh, starting up in the warm-up jerseys. So I'm thinking, what they're going to go three-five-two this game? That's what it looks like. It could be, but I'm I'm interested to see uh, if uh, Tyler Blackwell or Blackwood or um, Ciceroni go up top with Greg, and who's going to get the start in the midfield? It. Looks like Rivas is getting pulled in here. He was a sub last weekend, so that's going to be exciting to see what kind of energy he can bring. I know yeah, I was hoping for Kadeem to come in, but this is a good good way to see. Right, and we were talking about it uh, earlier, and uh, he, he definitely was one of the more energized players to come in, so that could be a really positive change. I think um, I'm just excited to see more than one guy up top, you know? Yeah. Well, definitely, well, yeah, looking, looking to see a more aggressive game here, you know, get the back, a lot more, uh, more personal uh, the outside midfielders playing both up and back. So, uh, I've given the spot that we uh, are in the table. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, aggressive game for you. Uh, yeah, Ems, what is your uh, feeling towards the three back? Do you like when clubs do that, or are you a little bit more of a reserve like the four back there? I'm. Uh, I'm a big fan of the four at the back. I just feel like it provides a lot more balance and stability, especially if you have two good center backs that can hold it down and have the wings overlap to help create the play. Um, that's what I'm more a fan of. But if St. Louis FC can find some success with the uh, outside backs and one sweeper or uh, even just three steady at the back and control that pressure in the midfield with the five in the middle and uh, maybe have the wings overlap on uh, come back on defense if needed and then even uh, go up front and help you up front. That's uh, to be interesting to see. Yeah, as far as that well-populated midfield goes, we, we talked about that last time a bit. And uh, yeah. what I'm really hoping to see this game is a lot more activity, just really taking over that center. Yeah, they were they were a bit slow and not interactive in the game very well last weekend. 
those midfields better get in and involved quickly. If they don't get the ball on their feet fast, then it could be it could be a, a difference maker. Coach might be looking to bring guys in real quick after a performance like that. It, it looks like some of the midfielders who were there, who were a bit more active, not just offensively but defensively as well, those are some of the guys that we've got starting this time as well. So hopefully – you know, that leads to some really good things for tonight. Andrew, yeah. what has been your experience with, uh, with three defenders at the back? And, you know, do you five, find five in the midfield a, a, a good so, balance to control the midfield? Or do you kind of think that it's, uh, it's a mentality of too many cooks slow broth? Personally, I love it. I, I love the fact that they're going to three five two because they've got three, I mean, big boys back there in the defense with – Sam Fink, Kavia, and now their new guy from Pittsburgh that they just got in, Toby, is looks like he's getting a start. He was a sub last week as well, and he's he, they're all above six feet tall. I mean, you got a mountain back there. So when you bring in those five midfielders, it really allows a little less work on your wing midfielders going up and down the field because you're always going to have somebody supporting the other person when the ball is getting moved up or moved back. Now, now, what do you think about the timeliness of this decision? Because we know that there's some strong offensive players from Sporting KC, too, coming here today. So it, it, it seems almost like a little bold to have that be the time that you switch to three in the back instead of four. Do you think that well, they'll match up 1v1 well? Yeah, I think it allows it allows Kavia and Sam Fink to play a little bit more marking. And then it forces the ball outside. And that just means you're relying on your midfielders to make sure that they can funnel that ball to the wings and force the crosses. When you got tall guys in the back, you want the other team to cross the ball. Because obviously, what's your advantage? Your, your height. So if you get the ball up in the air, who's going to win the ball? Obviously, it's going to be the bigger, stronger player. Now, granted, there's going to be opportunities. You, you're playing professional soccer. But the fact that they are going to three right here, I think it shows that you, you have trust in your back line. You can even see right now they're practicing some head balls, trying to get ready for those that exact plan. They want the ball to come in. Now it looks like Paris is still in there, so they have a chance to go to four, four backs right. if they decide. If they decide. I, I'm hoping that they do keep him as more of a defensive mid. Uh, he tends to play on the wing as well. And I think one of his best attributes is his ability to convert into the offensive half. Yeah. Uh, last last time we saw him out here, we didn't see a lot of those opportunities. The other thing that I'm hoping that they do is really set up more opportunities for some set pieces. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, it, in both of their last uh, games against Louisville, they didn't have nearly as many opportunities, and that could have been somewhere that they really got the advantage in the game. Uh, so, yeah, we see them warming up with some headers, seeing some really good-looking headers. Uh, so let's hope that they can convert that into some goals. This definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, John, I heard you say uh, you like you would like to see them set up for more set pieces. Well, how do you guys think that they'll play? Like, what do you, what do you want to see more of? Would you like to see more of a reserve sit back and uh, absorb pressure and counterattack quickly, or would you like to see like a slow, more possessive buildup, or would you like to see more of a more of a German-style Hagen press, where as soon as they lose the ball, they go to instant pressure and try and win it back in the uh, in the opposing half? I mean, I, I really want to see a high possession game, uh, and e even even if 
the possession is closer to 50-50, just making sure that when you do have the ball, that you're moving it really solidly out of the backfield and just looking for when you've got better numbers on one side uh, because they tend to drive it up the sides the best. Last game in Louisville, they, they were really just kind of trying to shoot it right down the mid lane to that player at the top. And so I'd rather see them just actually making more tic-tac plays rather than trying to stab up the middle. I'd agree. I mean, we're going to – really, I'm going to throw out Enzo's favorite club here. Bayern does it well. They do it phenomenally. They pressure hard, and they just throw their speed at you, and they, they make every possession count rather than the amount of time they have the ball. I, I think STLFC is the best – when they're not focused on how long the, they have the ball, but the quality of chances and opportunities that they have with the ball. So if we can focus on our pressure and win that ball early, then we don't have to worry about having the ball long. We just got to make sure that we get it to our speedsters like Blackwood and Ciceroni and Kyle Gregg and really get some plays up in there. And Rivas is a great distributor, so I'm, I'm excited to see him in the middle. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say to your point about Bayern is that um, you know, you see them have possession for long periods of time in, in games, but it's not because they're holding on to the ball and trying to strike at the most opportune moment. It's because that they're always in the opposition half. And whenever they're in the opposition half and they give away possession, they're pressuring so hard that the opposition has no other choice but to give it away. Um, I'm with you, Andrew. I would like to see, especially with uh, a midfield five and even an offensive two, I'd really like to see some offensive pressure and um, really force Sporting KC2's hand early in. Like, you know, we're here to play. Um, we're not at the table where we would like to be, especially in the last uh, season of the club. So, uh, yeah, let's see some pressure. Let's see some uh, some activity in that midfield. Uh, excellent coverage and uh, get, uh, get some goals early and see what we can do. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm excited to see what kind of game this is. Sporting has a lot of power up top, so if we sit back, it can turn into something that we don't want it to turn into, but we've always had a great game against them. Yeah. All right, Andrew, as a prediction, who are you hoping is the, uh, your man of the match for this game? I think my man of the match, I'm, I'm ready to see uh, – Ciceroni or Blackwood step up and get this man of the match. I think right now the past few games, our man of the matches have been either our defensive guys or a couple of our wingers. I think it's time for our little bit of our quicker guys or our, our central mid to step up. So Rebus, Blackwood, Ciceroni, something. I, I'd like to see some some guys like that get on the score sheet and really demand the ball. Right, so not just somebody who's solid. You want to see somebody who's dynamic. Yes. All right, that'd be great to see. I'm yeah, excited. Would, How about you, John? I would agree with you, Andrew. I would like to see a Blackwood or a Greg be the be the player of the match there. Um, you know, I think if it comes down to it, we we end this game with a defender or a uh, goalie as the man of the match. Unless that goalie's made like 20 or 25 saves and had an unreal game, I think uh, we've been playing this game wrong. And really, the most important thing, obviously, is to bring home a W. But let's see the offensive players really show some pressure and get on the score sheet early in offense. I'm, I'm excited. Well- Man, what a second. What a first half. I almost said second half. We're not starting that quite yet. <laughs> not yet. What a first half, guys. What would you guys think about that? 
Uh, I mean, we've seen some exciting soccer already. Uh, some of the things that we were hoping to see, we have seen. Um, I, I mean, maybe not everything exactly in terms of formation, but some of the key players, Ciceroni just got the second goal of the game off of some really fancy footwork and a great setup. Uh, but the first goal came early. Yeah, it, it's been, at least on the offensive half, it's looked like a totally different team from last week. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what we were talking about in the beginning, I know uh, the formation is a little different from what we uh, what we originally said. But uh, like we said, they needed to come out strong and score early and get some points on the board. Now they have a two-goal cushion here at halftime. The score is 2-0. to zero. Um, Yeah, I think we're going into the uh, second half strong. Um, no substitutes used so far. And uh, yeah, I think we're in a very good position going into the second half. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I do have to say, we are notorious of letting up some easy goals the first 10 minutes of the second half. So I think this first 10 minutes of the, the half is going to define how this game's going to go. It's going to either be a brutal fight or it could be, you know, something easy where we get into more of a uh, possess the ball around and just kind of get out of the night. I mean, Sporting KC has not been without their chances for sure. Uh, their right winger has had several uh, direct lines towards the goal. He got one off of the crossbar. Uh, and their, their young guys have really been making it happen up top as far as them offensively. Uh, kind of like Louisville played uh, St. Louis FC last week. It's been a full field press. But, I mean, they've stayed solid through the backfield. So, hopefully, it, I think you're right. You know, John, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think the uh, there have been some very threatening balls that Sporting Kansas City have played, especially to, like you said, is the uh, the right winger. And uh, the problem, as we were discussing, is, uh, you know, I thought he was taking one too many touches, um, settling the ball a little too early instead of just taking a one-time shot or looking for a pass um, a little too late. But what I think SCLFC has done a really good job of doing is both closing him out and giving him an angle where it's almost impossible to score given the size of our keeper. And he's all, and the rest of our defense is giving him great coverage on the backside and eliminating even all those passing opportunities to the point of where they need to pass it on the baseline or they need to go back and restart their entire attack and try and break down our defense. So great job to STLFC. Right, yeah, and it's... As far as playing it off the baseline, they're not really getting that much separation in order to fully turn around and get that ball back there. No, it almost looks like Kavia is baiting them into that pass at times. Sometimes it looks like we're pushed so far right that we're daring them to cross the ball. It's like they're playing into our defensive trap. We know where the ball's going and we're already set up to defend the second pass rather than the attack that they're creating right away. I mean, Which is hard to see, you know, as a, as a defensive team, that's a big gamble. You're, you're, you're gambling on the fact that you know where they're going to go. And if that changes, we've seen a couple of the breakdowns have happened and they've had great opportunities. So the fear comes with that, but I think we're playing it really well. And I haven't seen them play defense like this in a little bit. It's and, nice to see. Yeah. And, and I know that these teams are playing each other more often than they normally would. So it seems like they've got the read on their opponents because They've been correct in the way that Kavita, I, I think you're right, he's he's sticking to uh, the younger guns out there on the offensive part, 
you know, in, in those fast breaks that they're having, he's he's kind of letting them open up the right side, baiting that pass in there, and then they're closing it down at the last minute. So uh, yeah. it hasn't resulted in a goal to this point. Uh, it's kind of a dangerous game you're playing, but it, it's it's looked solid so far. Yeah, and Kavia has definitely been at the heart of that that defense. Um, like you said, Andrew, he's really been really good at baiting the uh, Kansas City players in and just stealing the ball away from him. And then he, his ball distribution is another thing that I was going to touch on. Um, he's even been double teamed at certain points and his, his passing and his distribution and finding an open teammate that um, isn't heavily pressured or isn't heavily covered has been phenomenal. And that's helped the, the St. Louis City, F, or excuse me, the St. Louis FC really get out of some troubling situations. Doesn't look like Sporting Kansas City are really set on offense. They'll have a good strong and fast attack but once that first shot rattles away or they get a pass intercepted it looks like their attack is essentially broken down and it opens up for um uh ciceroni on the on the left hand side and blackwood on the left hand side um i know your rival hasn't uh, hasn't done too well um in your opinion andrew but um oh. he uh Sorry to sorry to call you out here, but he has had a couple of good opportunities. He has completed one dribble. He does look a little gassed, like he's not used to playing a, a box-to-box midfielder or a deep, even a deep-lying playmaker role. But he has had a, a couple of good ball distribution opportunities. Now he has given up possession. To be fair to you, he has given up possession a little bit too often in the opposing third, um, and even in uh, like right around midfield as well. But um, he's done a good job of distributing the ball as well. I have to say, our uh, our midfield has really stepped it up from the last game. We're oh, oh yeah, we're moving the ball through them way better than we did uh, last week, or even the week before that. I feel like our midfield has been the struggle the majority of the season. So it's it's good to see the ball moving through Wallfall and Todd and Rivas. I really I really like seeing that. Yeah, and uh, honestly, it's been starting from the backfield because, like you said, Kavita's been distributing the ball well. Uh, our keeper's been distributing the ball really well, also, and I know we've been we've, on fire. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know we've yeah we've called out Ciceroni uh, a couple times here already, and how well he's played. But man, even defensively, and our bias being that we're on the close side of the field to get to see his footwork a lot. Uh, but he, he's he's had a really strong game so far. He's he's done more than his fair share. Yeah, so and what? and well, real quick, Andrew, to touch on a, on a point that you made, not to take a. Uh, uh, a Taylor Twellman-esque point where it's really obvious and um, not really colored, you know, color commentary at all. But midfield can make or break games. Obviously, it's the connection between your your defense and your offense. But if your midfield just doesn't show up like they did last week, um, you know that that'll really have a hard time on your defense. It'll really wear down your defense really quickly, and like we saw last week, really cause some serious problems. Whereas this week you see that our midfield has really taken a commanding position in the, in the field, and we're ahead 2-0 at half. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. So do you guys feel that they're going to make any changes here, or do you think we're going to have to wait a little deeper into this game to see who comes on? And if so, who do you think's coming on? Is it an uh, attacking player? Is it a defensive player? Is it a midfielder? What do you think? I think if they keep this lead, they'll, they'll definitely have some defensive subs down the stretch. But um, after seeing that collision that Wharton had, and like you said, he looked a little gassed at one point, I wouldn't be too surprised to see him come off. He looks like he's bounced back in the game, but it, rather safe than sorry. Um, at this point? Yeah. Yeah. 
I couldn't agree more, John. That was the one thing I was going to say is uh, that maybe down the stretch I could see a couple of defensive subs. But like I said, um, Wharton um, would be the only one that I would really consider taking off because of that knock he took earlier on and how um, how really out of position he seems in that box-to-box or um, you know central midfield position as opposed to not being in his natural 10 spot right there in the attacking midfield. I mean, as a trend, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of our goal scores come out before the end of the game, but you've got a lot of subs to work with here. Um, I think the earlier ones, yeah, that's all I'd really look for. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to uh, be taken into our bench a little bit here late. I don't I don't think we're going to see much subs here at the beginning, but it's going to be it's going to be a great second half. You know, both it's only a 2-0 goal and in a lot of sports, that's the most dangerous lead. Yeah, that's and, the most dangerous and lead. Now, and now, And as a final closing thought here, right as we start the second half, you know, I think it'll be really interesting to see what these next 10 minutes have in store for St. Louis FC and how the uh, how even Sporting Kansas City defense can uh, can deal with this. It'll be interesting for us to see now that we're on the Sporting Kansas City side for this half. All right, so that's an exciting conclusion to the game here. And at a time, we had the final goal, reaching the final score of three goals to two. St. Louis FC pulled out the win. But, man, uh, a lot of our suspicions kind of came to to be as uh, right on cue, just after 10 minutes into the half, KC2... Uh, Casey Sporting 2 scored their first of, of two goals that came. Uh, what what led to that, Andrew? What do you think? Oh, they, you know, John M said it right. He said they started to have a little bit of a push there towards the end of the first half, and they came out pretty much at about the same level, if not higher. It felt like St. Louis FC had their feet kind of on their heels. They weren't really demanding the ball or playing with the ball much. Sporting had a lot of it in our attacking third, and we were uh, we kind of looked flat, you know. And I think yeah, when they I, got there – go ahead, John. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I know we said this a little bit off mic, and even though that uh, St. Louis FC was really breaking down their attacks very well, um, they really uh, – near the halftime mark, halftime really came at a good time because uh, we um, – we really weren't breaking down their attacks as much or at least uh, maintaining possession in our half. We'd give it up at uh, midfield again or we'd try the same thing over and over, just lob it downfield and then give up position. And, um, you know, possession possession really favored Sporting Kansas City and halftime really looked like just a break between the two halves. And, you know, that, that might sound a little facetious and a little obvious. Um, again, the Taylor Twelman take there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Sporting Casey really picked up right where they left off, scoring two goals in the second half. One, right as we said, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes, proving their point, showing that they still got in it. I think it was John, you uh, you said that two, a 2-0 lead can really be deadly, and I think we got a little too comfortable, a little too flat, and uh, really let them back into this game. And if it wasn't for, uh, for us really – really busting our butts in the last five minutes and, uh, you know, extra time too, and a lucky foul from uh, Sporting KC2 in the final minutes of the game to set up uh, good old Sammy boy for that final goal. We really should have come out of this with, uh, with one point. The local boy coming in for us. It was what a header. I mean, you got to I mean, say yeah. the tension was everywhere. Gorgeous. You can feel it. 
and you know the stadium is empty. Right. But at the same time, I felt the intensity of that free kick. You could oh, feel yeah. the stands were just dead silent. Coaches, benches, everything's just waiting for that moment. And I mean, man, Sam's goal. As few people as are here, it got about as loud as it could, considering uh, right after that went through, too. Um, I, now, credit where credit's due to the Sporting KC, too. They, they've definitely played a stronger half. But uh, I got to say, you know, it's never an athlete's excuse to, to blame the refereeing. But as an, from my seat, a lot of this half did feel like it was determined by the officiating. Um, and not, not just questionable calls here and there. You know, there's always going to be a lot of that in soccer. But um, it looks like, a, yeah, a corner should have been given uh, right before rounding into the 90th minute and the ball was given the other way. It, it, there was a lot of indecision between whether the ball was to be thrown in or if it was over the end line. Yeah, um, I, I, um, I agree. I, I, I really think um, the, the refs let it, let it get a little out of control um, and they weren't, they weren't properly monitoring the game. Um, like you said, John, they, they, uh, they let a corner go the wrong way and turns into a goal kick. Uh, a couple of throw-ins gone the wrong way off of deflected shots and deflected passes. And, it, was, I mean, it was definitely uh, the the card started coming out eventually, but it felt like things were heating up much earlier than that. And uh, if you if if you decide to call a game tight or not, you you've just got to put your foot down early on on what that is. He set the tone that the game was going to be loose, which allowed it to get a bit out of hand. And you know. If that's what he wanted it to be like, it went well. But the problem is you can't have the missed calls that you do if you're going to call a loose game. Right. If you're going to call a loose game, you have to be aware of the lines. you got to know what's going out of bounds and where. You can't allow the game to get out of reach or out of control and then also have bad officiating on top of it. I just think it makes it real complicated and hard on your own job and doesn't allow for people to focus on the game, they start focusing on what calls are being made. And then, you right. know, the players get chippy and they start talking and it gets worse. And it just is a domino effect. Well, yeah. to be fair, bad officiating should never be, never be a, a, a factor in, in games. No, no, but mistakes happen. You know, when you have mistakes happening and you're allowing for it to be a little bit looser, you can't let the obvious mistakes come out quite as big as they did tonight. Even down to the last critical play. That could have easily been a red card. Uh, a foul was given. I, I didn't see if a yellow came out or not, but, I mean, Sporting KC could have been down to 10 players in the final couple of minutes there. And, and instead they gave the free kick. But, uh, I mean, hey, I, I think uh, St. Louis FC can feel fortunate, for sure, that they came out with the win. Uh, it was great. It, it, it never feels great when your team needs the late-game heroics, but it, it's really sweet when they do have them. Much needed, and it, it was exciting. Ems, how was your your first game? What did you feel? Um, I liked it. It's close, a, a, close us out here. It's uh, it, I liked it. It was a it was a good experience. I'm glad it came. Um, it's a little different. Uh, different. First of all, it's a little different environment. Seeing a seeing a football match really really in person, uh, up close and personal, and as as close as we were to the bench. I mean, we could really you could really hear and see everything from from the, uh, the players' interactions with each other on the field and calling the ball to the, to the coaches' instructions. Um, you know, it was a little different experience than uh, just watching it on your typical uh, 
typical TV, just at home, uh, DVR and all the games, even with the, uh, the coronavirus and, and pandemic um, and you being able to hear all the players um, and the coaches with all the filtered noise built in and the empty stadiums. It was really a unique experience. And I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful that you had me on to, uh, to co-broadcast with you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we loved having you guys. Riley, thank you. Ems, thank you. And uh, hopefully we will be able to come out here uh, this Wednesday and see what kind of game we got for ourselves. Absolutely. Stay tuned for the next episode of Lou Boys FC. It's going to be great. We are going to have another special guest on here. Thank you again, guys, for listening, and see you next time. Bye. Bye.